Wanya, and welcome to the Deadly Discussions podcast. I'm your host, Isaac Harrison. This is season two of the podcast, and we're so excited to bring you 30 new guests over 30 fresh episodes. Now, these episodes wouldn't be possible unless, of course, we had sponsors. And one of those sponsors is Talcha Technology. Talcha Technology is an indigenous business specializing in IT design, website integration, and app development, among other things. The name Talcha comes from the founder, Alan Holmes' great-great-grandmother, Maria Talcha, a bachelor woman also known as Queen Maria of Childers. She was a key figure in the community post-colonization and was one who always brought the gold out of people around her, both black and white. Alan aims to have his business create a legacy of bringing the gold out of everyone around him, both black and white. So it was no um, problem having Alan sponsor this because the ethics and values perfectly aligned. So thank you, Alan, and thank you, Townshire, and all the guys and girls for all the hard work and the sponsorship towards the podcast. Now sit back and enjoy this episode and make sure you like it, share it, subscribe to the channel, and uh, most of all, enjoy. Welcome to Deadly Discussions uh, podcast. I'm your host, Isaac Harrison. I hope you're all having a, a, an excellent morning, evening, whenever you are listening. Uh, this podcast is about social entrepreneurship. So we're interviewing people out there in the, the big bad world doing good things and, and doing good things with the profit and doing good things in community, having that triple effect. So uh, I'd like to say, Wanya, welcome um, to the podcast. I acknowledge and, and welcome you on my country, which I'm recording from, Cubby Cubby Country. And I'd like to invite my my guest, Jen, um, Jen Cartwright, because sometimes... Right. 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 Somehow I always hit Cartwright for some reason. Um, Jen right. right. Jen right. Always right. There we go. Uh, Jen is an author, uh, amongst other things, you know, an awesome uh, mum, Islander um, heritage as well, Jen, which I'm sure you'll share with us in a second. Um, yeah. And also done some things around Instagram and um, community organizations reaching out. Another project she was a part of was uh, Let uh, Light In, um, which is that's still going, Jen? Did you hand no, that over to someone no, else? No. It's not going. Yeah, um, yeah, so no, it's, it's not going anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing I love about Jen, and I think uh, a lot of us in this day and age, is going from project to project um, and then just letting things, like, just move on. You know, I think everything, I think sometimes we think when we start something, it has to be perpetual. And there's nothing wrong from starting something and finishing it, you know, um, starting a joint venture and finishing a project. You know, it doesn't have to keep going. I think a lot of us are not, especially black fellas, and uh, First Nation people are not very good at saying no sometimes because we want to be nice. So sometimes we have to say, no, listen, I gave commitment to this and then that's it and I'll move on. So if you're hearing this from me right now on this podcast, it's probably not a coincidence. So start saying no. Start saying no is what you need to do. So <laughs> welcome uh, to the podcast, Jen. Thank you so much for coming on. Do you want to give us uh, the lowdown on uh, where you're mobbed from, you know, where you are based now and um, tell us whose country you're recording on if you happen to know. Yeah, thanks for having me on here, Isaac. It's really exciting um, to be here in the space with you and I really appreciate the invitation and the opportunity to share. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm Jen Wright. Um, I um, am New Zealand-born, Pacific Island. Um, Samoan is my heritage uh, yep. from Samoa, from Western Samoa. Both my parents are from there, born and raised, and migrated to New Zealand Oh, over 50 years ago now, um, you know, and that's born and raised. Um, 
from a very big family, 16 of us, yeah, <laughs> wow. <no laughs> island family, and um, I moved to Melbourne uh, 21 years ago, and that's where yeah, I wow. How did uh, so you cut around is that 16? Nam? Is that Nam? Is that Nam? Is that Nam? No, Nam, Nam, yeah. Nam. How did you cut around 16 uh, siblings? You could only have like a, a small school bus or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We pretty much had, you know, the big the big Islander vans. We had a couple of them, you know, because by then <laughs> I had the big brothers and they were all driving and, you know, yeah. they had their van and mum and dad had their van and kind of oh, split wow. it that way. But <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I noticed that when you go, we have like local Samoan churches in the area and you look at, it's like a Sunday morning, you know, a Saturday morning and there's like a fleet of Taragos, you know, and a fleet of uh, Ford Transits at the front. Like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm not going to assume anything, but I think us blackfellas, we have a particular liking to the Toyota long-wheeled Hi-Ace um, is our particular yes. um, flavour. Um, yep. Those things sit going anywhere they, indeed it is toyota country <laughs> this is not sponsored by toyota if anyone's listening to that. oh that's pretty, really yeah. well. sponsored by toyota uh, but yeah so go on you uh, moved to new zealand yeah so from new zealand um auckland i moved to melbourne um and yep. that's where i currently am and live with my husband and seven children uh, yeah well so, so not quite 16 but on the way no. nearly halfway um nearly halfway. and so you're one thing I'd like to know, um, coming from you know Blackfellow perspective, is uh, hear a lot of like Samoan, Tongan, Cook Islanders say when they go to like New Zealand, a lot of people they just sort of assume, oh, you're just all cousins, like you're all just like islanders, <laughs> right? And it's sort of the, way the Blackfellas sent to missions, it's like, yeah, oh, you're all just Blackfellas, you know? Yeah. Um, is yeah. it it's sort of the same thing? We've got like you actually got so many differences between Samoan, West Samoan, you know, Tongan, Cook Islander, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, it's, it's it's the same thing, you know, we're all family, we're all brothers and sisters, and um, yeah. yeah, it's it's very diverse, but yeah, well, that's how I see it anyway, um, from my perspective, yeah. um, you know, you, you, you even see, you know, the mob here, or Indigenous people, and we feel the same way, you know, yeah, um, yeah. the bros, <laughs> you that's know, that's our mob, that's our family, yeah, yeah. Until the rugby league, multi-nations come yeah. around. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start. No. <laughs> it was good to see. I think the last one, a lot of the Aussie-born uh, islanders actually ended up playing for their uh, native country of heritage. So I thought yeah. that was awesome. Hopefully, we can enter. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. We have Australian team, Indigenous team. That'd be cool. Um, so yeah. that's also New Zealand. And then how did you end up here in the Great Southland? Yeah. So um, originally, I we went to Gold Coast. Um, yeah. I came up for, you know, more opportunity, you know, I thought there would be um, some good opportunities there and yeah. um, just, you know, just about to start uni, you know, almost finished and want to get some experience under my belt and Australia yeah. seemed like a great place to come, you know, I heard it was the land of, of uh, you know, plenty, plenty. and prosperity <laughs> back then, yeah, <laughs> you know, the promised land and uh, that's kind of you know, what it's like in New Zealand, you know, you grow up and yeah. you see all your Aussie cousins and you hear all these stories how, you know, there's heaps of money, <laughs> heaps of opportunity in Australia. Yeah, it's, so. just, it's in the streets. The yeah, streets are gold. <laughs> yeah. Here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so um, that's really what brought me here just um, to kind of yeah. look for, you know, opportunity and, um, you know, get a bit of travelling under my belt. Yeah. Um, oh, that's yeah, awesome. And I think us, yeah. um, 
a lot of people don't know if you come from New Zealand, you, you know, you're not entitled to uh, things like welfare and that. Like you That's have to, right. when you come here, you have to pretty much work your butt off yeah. as if you've moved from yeah. Italy or something. Yeah. Yeah. And so a lot of things, yeah. people think that stigma of like uh, Islanders being lazy and all this sort of stuff. And they say we're well, blackfellas too, <laughs> but it's like, well, not really, because once you burn that bridge, you got no support yeah. unless you've got Australian citizenship here, you know. Um, yeah, that's And that's right. incredible. And I found recently my mate, he's Pakia, he's, you know, white Kiwi, um, yeah. and he he went back to New Zealand after being in the land of plenty, and he just said he just <laughs> learned to appreciate it a lot more because mm. you know, you've just, you know, you've gone out. I'm the same with my hometown. It's like you go back and you, you look at things different after so many years. Mm. And um, yeah. you know, he's just been working hard, and then yeah, he's gone back, and he's living in, like, a, and I think around like Queenscliff or somewhere, like a little bit. It's a bit colder, and I think yeah. in that area you can only build like log cabins or something. But <laughs> yeah, he's like he's like loving it now, so he can work remotely. Yeah. He's out in the he's out in the bush, um, and nice. it's just amazing. And that, so I'd love to see that starts happening long term with Islanders and and people who go back to country and be like, mm. oh, I actually missed a lot of these elements that I took for granted because, yeah, you, you can look at like society tells you, you know, working hard, yeah. get the house, all these things. You're like, well, mm. I'm not going to find that here in New Zealand, you know. Yeah. And so you come to the so – so how did you like the heat? Did you like the heat so where you're like, oh, I'm Samoan blood anyway, so it's like warm and mean? No. <laughs> no, I didn't. I did not like <laughs> it. Was Gold Coast really is a special hard. kind of heat. Yeah, exactly. Um it was really, I found the weather extremely challenging, um, you yeah. know, all over Australia. Um, yeah. It just was too hot, way too hot for, for my liking. Um, yeah, well, even though I had some warm blood in me, it just, um, New Zealand's quite cold, you know. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. so, yeah, I was extremely hot and very uncomfortable. Um, it took yeah, me maybe wow. five years, five years to adjust. Wow! Yeah. To, you know, and now I like, the, I love the heat, and I'm not very good in the cold. So, yeah. oh wow! So there's <laughs> anywhere you can live on. Maybe you can go to Mars with Elon Musk when he um, gets that all set up. So, um, free ticket. Um, I'm also sponsored by uh, yeah uh, SpaceX. If anyone wants to know, and Tesla, uh, buy Tesla stocks. No, just gammon. Um, no, that's awesome. So, and so. Coming over here to Australia, um, university, and then were you working? What did you do at uni, and, and did you, what did you work, were you working straight away, straight out? Yeah, no. So I, um, you know, out of high school, I was um, had some really amazing ambitions. I wanted to be a commercial pilot yep. at the time. Yeah, and wow. um, so, yep. yes, I went to flying school and, um, you know, came over on a cadetship with NSET Australia um, yep. which, you know, we know no longer exists. Um, so, you know, I was looking to build up some instructor hours and, um, yep. yeah, just, um, you wow. know, hopefully get up to <laughs> – that's a bit random, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pilot, um, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, just wanted to fly planes and, um, you know, just yep. thought, you know, oh, the best way to travel will be, um, you know, be a flight attendant. And then, yep. you know, as school kind of progressed, I was like, I want to be a flight attendant. I want to be the pilot. I want to fly <laughs> the way. Um, but, you know, um, yeah, so, you know, pre previously to that, I wanted to be a lawyer, um, yep. you know, and um, dad yeah, kind of wow. changed Did you want to be an Air Force Marine and SAS officer as well? Oh, man. And a I space pilot. Yeah, I just had some really... So you're quite, really quite driven then, uh, Jen, you know, wanting to... Was it like you wanted some position of, like, authority and responsibility because you've had that drive 
you know, as a leader. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah. you just didn't know what you just didn't. I think a lot of people have that drive, but they just have no idea where they're supposed to be stationed. Yeah. You know? I just, I had a lot of encouragement in school, um, you know, just um, speech competitions were kind of like my thing and, and debating yeah, well, and all of that. And yeah. so that support was always, oh, you should be a lawyer or you should, you know, and um, yeah. a long way, dad was kind of like, you know, but if we could travel, it would take you further. And, if you're the yeah, pilot, you can fly yeah. the plane and, um, and you know. Go wherever you want, you know. Yeah, Change course, go wherever you, know. you want, exactly. <laughs> do whatever you want to do. So, um, you know, by the time I got to, I didn't even finish year 12. I, yeah. you know, because I was able to get in in year 11, which was from six yeah. in New Zealand, um, I got the grades, you know, after the sixth form certificate, I kind of thought, well, why yeah. wait another year? I'll just step out now and do it now. Um, yeah. yeah, so I did. Um, wow. You know, so that's you sort know, of like a you, – so you dropped out of year 11 to do u- uni studies. Yeah, so I did year yeah. 11. Wow. Um, and then yeah. um, back then it was called Sixth Form Certificate, which yeah. was still um, – you were still able to get university entrance um, if you got did well enough. Um, yeah. And then obviously if you don't, you know, you can do year 12 or form seven, which was bursary at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so sixth form certificate went pretty well for me and gave me credits to be able to enter flying school um, at the yeah, time. Wow. And so I did. Um, yeah. And then what uh, ended your career as the next, the Samoan with your grandson? <laughs> yeah, what ended it was um, my health. Um, I yeah. um, developed some um, blood clots in my yeah, um, wow. um, deep vein thrombosis. In my yeah. leg, and um, yeah. yeah, it uh, it um, yeah, just that actually was a massive pivot, uh, yeah, pivotal well. point in my life. Um, yeah. because I was just so sure for so long that's where I was going. I oh, didn't tough. really have a yeah a plan B, and yeah. um, yeah, just just with the blood clotting, I, I wasn't able to fly. You know, obviously at certain altitudes yeah. and. And stuff like wow. that. So um, yeah, it even got to a point where I I wasn't able to walk. Um, you know, became yeah, really wow. quite unwell. Yeah. And so yeah, and so that kind and was of was it a, um, a genetic thing that happened? Is it a genetic no, thing or just a random? Yeah. Yeah, it was just um, I just you know started to become really sick and couldn't yeah. figure out what was happening, and it was just getting like really. Um, bad um you know chest pains and um, yeah. you know all of that kind of stuff I couldn't breathe and yeah, you know yeah. just couldn't figure out what it was and then you know had to for a very long time um you know have yeah. the injections get have your blood thinned and all that kind of stuff yeah and yeah 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 just um it just wasn't recommended wow. for me to continue on that pathway yeah. wouldn't be safe um yeah and what so, would your yeah. advice be for like, people you know, who've just maybe found out that they've wanted to do something for so long and then they've just found out that they're not going to be able to do that because of health or COVID or whatever. You know, what would you say <laughs> to those sort of Yeah, I'd, I'd say that, um, you know, that, that life can end there, you know, that there are yeah. so many opportunities and and options that you can explore. Um, yeah, and, and I guess at the time where you've had your hopes up for something, you know, yeah. uh, one thing I've learned big, big time is to be flexible and to pivot. You know, I, I, yeah. I think yeah. if we become so stuck, um, 
you know, just so stuck in, in those, you know, A to Z and, and not realise that the journey is really messy, I think you're going to head into a lot of trouble. Um, yeah. I don't know. Look, at the time, I don't think I was very flexible. I didn't even know what that meant. Um, you know, yeah. I was very black and white. And so yeah. I'd say that that was probably the beginning of, you know, um, a journey and experiencing, um, you know, that, that life is messy. Um, you know, I'm yeah. still a teenager at this stage. I'm still 19, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, coming into my early adulthood. So, you know, at that age, I think it's still um, a bit of a big blow. But I also have... Um, a faith as well and I think that yep. was super helpful for me in the season um to yeah to say okay yep. you know what else what else can I do okay you know and so yeah um I'd like to always have viewed myself as being someone that was quite optimistic and I think being someone that was very ambitious and driven I wasn't about to allow that to you know hold me back yeah, it was always yeah, I wasn't going to allow it to yeah. just be like, okay, that's I, it. I feel no, like life is like that, isn't it? Where yeah. you you sort of got a destination like on as in a train ride, um, but you stop <laughs> at many stations on the way and that yes. could be like health problem, family issues, yeah. you know, yeah. um, you know, death in the family, business collapse. And I think in life it's so tempting sometimes to get off on that station, that sorry station, and just stay yeah. here and go, you know what, I'm done, you know, this is unfair, yeah. this sucks, I can't yeah. be bothered. and. I've seen some good friends who've done so much, who are so talented and maybe have hurt themselves, you know, or something like that, and they're just having to be able to get back up again because it's just too yeah. tough. So, I think, yeah, the quicker you can sort of gather your focus and, like you said, about having a faith and belief and, you know, authority and power higher than yourself, it's so mm. important to put yourself up. My my atheist mate used to tease me and be like, ah, oh, this religion's a crutch. <laughs> I said, well, it's better than nothing, you know. So <laughs> yeah. at least I'll be limping, you'll be still in the gutter. So yeah. I'm limping away. Exactly. Um, but it's sort of like it's something to 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 get yourself up and um yeah mm -hmm. so and then your so you got lit light in so how did you end up eventually you know into like these sort of special projects social projects um between yeah. that time with the the sickness <laughs> and then what marriage family would have come yeah and then um, I got married yeah I got married yeah, um, wow. in that same same year um yeah married uh, my uh, childhood sweetheart, I would actually say, because we've yeah, been together wow. for, I think, 30 years of 20-something years, 20, can't yeah, say 30, wow. that might be the older. Um, yeah, we've been dating <laughs> for eight eight years at the, at that time, and yeah. Um, yeah, I thought, okay, it's time to, you know, let's, let's yeah. get married, and so we did. Um, yeah. And then, you know, had seven children in between, and, um, you yeah. know, I'd been a you know, once that career thing didn't happen for me, I kind of yeah. thought, well, maybe God's purpose for me is to be a mum, you know, and so that yeah. kind of, um, you know, all my energy and everything went into um, being a mum, you know, at yeah. the time, you know. Oh, I thought I'd, lo I'd love to unpack this, Jen, because, like, I think, like, mums are so <clears throat> underrated, like, the job of a mum is so underrated, um, yeah. and, like, people say cliche now, International Women's Day, but it genuinely is. <laughs> underrated but it would be interesting to know from you how do you go from being so driven and like yeah. academically <laughs> successful um and then all of a sudden it's just like stop light and then you're like oh, i'll just have some babies no i'll just yeah. Yeah. i know it wasn't like that but it's like i'll just you know how do you um you know take that and then refocus that into you know being yeah. the mother being the 
pretty much the the GM of the house. I like to call Amy yeah. um, because I'm not here <laughs> most of the time, so I'm not the GM. So um, I'm like, yeah. you know, maybe out of the COO, you know, Amy's like the GM, CEO, <laughs> board member, you know, chairperson. <laughs> you know. Um, I'm like, oh, can I maybe, you know. So, but that's like her and um, I'm so like so happy to have that support because then I can focus on what I need to do. Mm. But yeah, how, how, do you, how do you do that? And what would be yeah. advice for other women or stay-at-home dads who maybe similar where it just hit the brakes yeah look i i actually think um being very ambitious and driven served me really well um in my journey as a mother because like anything i just and and i don't know really if this is how islander women are built i I like to think it's you know it's (laughs) a it's a cultural thing we just take things as they come right like it's just kind of like um you know we're very focused very present with whatever needs to be done we just get it done you know we don't complain you know and and that's how I was raised you know you don't you don't complain you don't um you just do it it just it just what needs to be done you just do it um and so I think when I became a mum it was very much the same approach like just how I had approached everything in life it was just something else to do you know and 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 most you know not just something else this is probably the greatest um you know um calling or you know purpose that any any human can have is being uh, is being a mother so it's not something I take lightly so it was just kind of like I just redirected um you know everything that I was previously into this and just kind of channeled um you know that drive that ambition and I think it really you know served me well but then on the other side um it also you know there is that tendency to then because what you do is, you know, goes unnoticed, un- yep. un- unappreciated, unthanked, and, and there wasn't that validation there um, externally yeah. that yep. then became a challenge there, right? Because, you, yep. you know, you're so used to when you can achieve successfully, you're so used to praise, you're so used to feedback, yeah. encouragement. <laughs> um, yeah, KPIs, you know, all of that kind of stuff, and people can evidently see um, the yeah. fruits of your labor, right? As in yeah. being yeah. a mum. And so I really struggled, began to struggle with that a little bit. Like, you know, yeah. I was totally owning this like an absolute boss. Like, I absolutely yeah. love being a mum. But then on the flip side, um, it, it was challenging in that respect to, you know, yeah. just continue on doing the everyday things without, um, you know, without without the KPIs, you know, yeah, um, without yeah. the performance. Um, and so for me, I was very performance driven. It was yeah. everything was very performance based. Um, and also with my faith, it seemed to, you yeah. know, all kind of inter- it was interwoven, you know, with, you know, almost yeah. behavior based, like how good can you look? How good can you be? Um, yeah, and so that yeah. kind of um, translated over into the mother thing a little bit as well. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a ride. I think that's I think that's such yeah. a good point. So spouses val- validate words of affirmation yeah. and I'll be raining it yeah. down, you know. I, I'm the same because I don't know, I you know, I, I need words of affirmation. I'm I'm I rely heavily on, you know, being an extrovert and, and having people mm. support me and, and so when I get negativity yeah. myself, I find it hard then to mm. put yourself aside. And I think you know, having faith as well, we know that actually sometimes the best thing to do is actually serve others and mm. we uh, don't worry about our own issues, you know, and they, they will get secondarily, you know, uh, fixed. So yeah. um, 
So yeah, with uh, the bubbers, and then I know you started, so you've got the book, but then you've got Lit Light in. Do you want to explain a bit yeah. of that and then how <laughs> yeah, that came yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, along the way, you know, being a full-time stay-at-home mum, you know, which is pretty much what I did for many, many years. And then along the way I had a car accident. And um, from that, yeah, from that car accident as part of my rehabilitation program, um, they encourage you to do something that you didn't do previously, like um, pre-motor vehicle accident. Um, yep. And so I was like, well, what am I going to do? I've been a stay-at-home mum for the last 15 yeah, yeah. years up to this point. Yeah. And it was almost like this new concept to me. Like, I mean, you know, like yeah. even though previously mum I was going to, but it was still very new to me. And I just kind of, um, so the occupational therapist and they set up this whole um program for you to start thinking yeah. about yeah. what you could do that you didn't do yeah and so I thought oh maybe I could study maybe I could you know go back to work but I just yeah. felt so out of touch with the yeah, real yeah. world in a sense <laughs> that I just had no idea what I was going to do and so that kind of set me on this whole new pathway of you know of exploration of what I could do and I just felt like I had nothing yeah. you know zero qualifications yeah. zero credentials except for being yeah. a, a mum you know and you don't yeah. Yeah. even though those are the most transferable characteristics yeah for sure people, people management <laughs> you know hiring yeah. firing yeah. <laughs> exactly you know um obviously it wasn't really looked so favorably yeah. upon by people in the workforce so in a way, I kind of started to really look at what I could do. Like, what do I have? Yeah. Um, and I thought, oh, okay, I'm really good at talking. <laughs> yeah, I'm that's good at true. talking. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got my story. Yeah. Yeah, you know, okay, yeah. That, that's all I've got, you know. And yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, just kind of exciting. Um, I said to my husband that night, I think I'm going to start a business. And yeah. he laughed for a little bit because he was like, <laughs> <laughs> What are you gonna do? And it just became yeah. yeah, Where did this come from? Like it's a bit of a joke, and also you know I wanted to study and go back to uni, and so I did. So I started like writing down all the ideas of what I could do with my story, like you know, you know, storytelling. I'm a storyteller, and I started just um, you know doing my own kind of mind map kind of thing, and just really working with what I had. I had no idea about entrepreneurship at the time. I didn't even know that was such a thing because I didn't have an online presence, Um, zero. Didn't even have a social media account. Um, Yeah, wow. And so that just kind of just catapulted me into this whole new world of um, zero business qualifications, but I'm going to start my own business. Um, based around what I had, (laughs) what I had, which was my story and what I had, which was being a storyteller. And then I kind of, you know, you know, reflected back on my own um, story in terms of my journey of where we were at and and who we love to serve and who I felt, you know, um, really needed some support and help. So that's really how Let Light In was born. (laughs) Let Light In came about because, um, you know, I just felt that t- sharing my story but also encouraging other people to tell their story. And that was yeah. really the business idea that I came up with um, at the time. And um, then, you know, I thought I'll start a Facebook page and I yep. thought that was it. That's all you do <laughs> when you start a yeah, business. Yeah, that's all you do. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's all you do. And I was like, 
oh, and, and so just started this whole business um, journey, which is was a bit of a whirlwind. But um, yeah. Let Light and started, I wanted to create a program around yeah. encouraging young, young people to tell their story. Um, yeah. And yeah. the biggest challenge I found when I first started this wasn't so much about the business because I felt like anyone can learn business, right? Like you can yeah. learn all the mechanics of business. What I struggled with was as a storyteller, as an old storyteller, because that's our culture, um, yep. was how do you then, as a natural storyteller, how do you break that down and teach that to someone else? Um, yeah. That was fun because everyone's like, you've got to create a signature program and you've got to create this. Yeah, and I was yeah. just overwhelmed, yeah. man. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was overwhelming. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's really how Let Light In came about. There's gifts, gifts of people have, yeah. which naturally they organically yeah. trend to. You know, I can like I can t- spin a yarn. I think many blackfellas <laughs> out, you know, in islands can just spin the biggest yarn. You know, till your yeah. coffee goes cold and you got to get another one. But um, it's yeah. it's I think it's it's hard to to try to break that down to other people. That culturally might not be their approach when exchanging yeah. information. It's like dot points and case studies yes. um with yeah. us it's like the whole why behind it is the the whole thing and i think that's why aboriginal people are so and first nation people all over are just so underrated yeah. when it comes to things like retail oh, yeah. and, and marketing because they, they just have this organic <laughs> ability to connect some of the best networkers i know um you wouldn't even know who they are because they're just they all do it through personal email linkedin all that sort of stuff they're really good at that you know um but yeah, for I think now with your story, so you started that story and then you wrote a book. You became an author. Yes, yeah. I um, after five years of doing Let Light In and um, encouraging you know young people and young women to share their story. Yep. Um, you know, ran workshops and storyteller tours all over um, Melbourne and was hoping to go Australia wide, but you know we did that online, which was really amazing. Um, you know, yeah, I never got the opportunity to actually share my own story, (laughs) Yeah, Um, you know, as as it happens, um, which was, that's my trick too. I just tell other other people tell their stories and I I get all the the free credit. They're like, wow, deadly discussions. And I just say, yeah, mm, okay. No, but it's, it's, it's such a, uh, there's something in it. And I love telling like your story and other people's stories because it's, um, relatively unheard of in our corporate space, Mm -hmm. business space. Um, but it's yeah. becoming more and more normal now when you go to like mm. meetings like, oh, where are you from? What's your story? You know, and that yeah. I think needs to come back to that old school values. But yeah, so you, yeah. you did your tour, digital, online, and then the book. Yeah. And then I, um, you know, closed up Let Light In. Uh, I felt really strongly yeah. that um, that was yeah. really a good thing, um, you know, because if I had it my way, I wouldn't have closed Let Light In. It was yeah. becoming very successful. Um, you know, yeah. my on you know, the branding was growing um, exponentially, and yeah. I wouldn't have closed it on my own. So it was really yeah. a god thing that was kind yeah. of moving me into this next season. And yeah. as I closed that, um, twenty twenty provided the you know a really great opportunity for me to then share my own story. Um, and so that's yeah, what I wow. did. I. I wrote yep. a personal memoir, um, you know, yep. and you know, I didn't not because I think my life has been really great or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Just because um, you know, a lot of people think that, right? A lot of people think, well, yeah. 
who want to hear my story or, or yeah why i got a book called a big story? nato and yeah, yeah <laughs> but it's you know, i think um, the stories are needed because there's people in absolutely. your exact position who yeah. are probably not going to connect with some top you know 10 you know bestseller <laughs> um they're not going to connect with that person because they're not from that world and i think the more books yeah. out there and the digital age now we can just get it up and get it out people can yeah. connect exactly with what you've been through and i think that's mm, so important yeah you know, yeah absolutely and so i did like my personal um memoir was birthed called redeem her heart and it's yeah. really um very raw it's very conversational um yeah a, a lot of people who have already read it saying oh my goodness i can just hear your voice in my head jen it's it's <laughs> freaky um but that's really that that was really the um that's that's what i wanted it to be i wanted it to be re yeah. very intimate yeah. it's it's really an internal dialogue so yeah. you know the thing about story that a lot of us share or you know what social media is all, all about it's yeah. all about that yeah. external story right and we're not really really sharing yeah. the internal story and that to me is what's most important um and yeah. so yeah it's very raw it's very conversational it's an internal dialogue um, you know, things that you would write in your journal and no one else can see, you know, things that you think yeah. to yourself and conversations that you'll have with God or your husband, pillow talk, yeah. right, that no one else hears. Yeah. Um, yeah. That really is the crux of my book. I, I wanted um, I wanted people to journey with me in that internal dialogue yeah. because I just felt it was very important um, to, you know, just have real conversations. Like, yeah. uh, that's that's me. I, I really love deep conversations yeah. and going beyond the surface stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's really, so I think people, yeah, society, we're sort of told to sort of push it all down and just like keep chugging yeah. along. And as long as you have your mortgage and your cars <laughs> and your job, yeah. you know, you're doing yeah. well. But internally, behind the scenes, yeah. we're not happy, we're sad, no. we're, we no. have no closure. There's no, and there's no, uh, <laughs> step forward to deal with um <laughs> peace making peacekeeping or whatever mm. you want to call it in our family circles because no one else in our generation's done it and you know since yeah. disruption of colonization over those generations mm. there hasn't been you know a documented proven way out for a lot of mob um yeah. it's so important to hear those conversations and questionings and, and self-questionings as well you know a lot of people mm. we think we get an idea or a thought we condemn ourselves or ever having that but yeah. sometimes the not even our thoughts, are, you know, come from us. It could be other external things that make us think those things about ourselves and question mm. it. So uh, that's so good. And where can people yeah. find your book? Firstly, and then uh, secondly, yeah, uh, where where are you in ten years after all this? What's is there another book? Is there another <laughs> business? Are there more kids? What's happening? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you can find my book on Amazon, uh, Redeem Your yeah. Heart. Um, and yes, there are there are plenty more books in the making. Um, you know, yeah, I've nice. started my own um, literary resources platform um, that yep. will be based around. Um, you know, I love to speak in seasons. I love to talk a lot about in seasons, and so I just want to yep. share those seasons with others. You know, whether it's a motherhood season or a parenting, or um, yeah. just you know your own personal seasons yep. that you go through um because you know seasons i love speaking in seasons because seasons come and they change you know it's not the same yeah, yeah. Yeah. um thing you know and it also provides hope you know hope that yep. you know that yes you're going through some real challenges and hard times but the new yep. season's yep. going to come you know and so yeah. um i want to share more of that in my writings i want to share more of um those experiences and those encounters um yep. with yeah whoever wants to read my books do have 
um, you know, some more books coming in the works. Yep, I have a journal yep. that uh, a journal um, which is about to release in about two three weeks. Um, I've got yeah, some ebooks so released there, and yep. and um, so yeah, I'm just going to keep writing. I, I think it's um, where I'm at in the season. I'm in writing. Um, I'm also you know active um, in some freedom activism at the moment uh, that's yep. very close to my heart and so yep. yeah look in, in 10 years time I I you know would have hoped to just expand my reach a little bit and um, and yep. just continue to provide you know hope um, yep. and courage for for whoever comes into my sphere of yep. influence um, yeah yeah 100% I, I could definitely see that one thing I'd like to you know, credit to you is seeing you know your target audience um this is like a good marketing 101 but you know who your people are in your tribe <laughs> and uh yeah. you know, they're black white asian islander black fellas and and seeing all the you know uh, my wife you know staying plugged into what you guys are doing is um it's just so exciting because there's a whole movement i think mm -hmm. of the people that have been overlooked the mums you know the the single mums mm -hmm. that and that they've just had this character that's been developed yeah. in them that's going to just, I think, outlast. And I think it is time for a lot of um, I see our women in leadership in positions of mm. power um, to bring yeah. that balance because, yeah, they've just been treated this way for so long, the, you know, unsung heroes um, of Australia mm. and New Zealand. And so, yeah, it's just so exciting. That's it. And I think that's a good takeaway. So know who your tribe is, know who you are. And from that, as mm. you know, you branch out into all other things then, you know, all different yeah. governments. <laughs> Departments, myself, you know, yeah. indigenous business person, connecting with you, and and you just yeah. never know, um, you know, where it goes when you just double down and know who your tribe are. Mm, absolutely, yeah, I totally agree. Beautiful. Yeah. Anyway, thanks so much, Jen, for coming on. It's so good. Um, I'll share some links um, from your book uh, down below um, for this podcast, okay. so people um, know you. how to um, type it in. Um, and it's just <laughs> it's so great having you on, and look forward to connecting uh, in the near future. Yeah, thanks so much for having me here. And um, yeah, thank you so much. Grateful and blessings to you. No worries. Thanks, Jeff.